I used to sit in the preschool in tears. All the man really has to do on the day of birth is find a good parking spot. <laughs> dad, Dad, catch this. Boom, I've done a poo. Stop stabbing your sister. From the news desk to the nursery. Mum! This is The Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. This is our, this show is our chance to catch up on the stories that have been circulating in the news, on social media, perhaps at the local cafe. Joining us today, we have Mamma Mia's Holly Wainwright, author and host of parenting podcast, This Glorious Mess, and mum of two, and TV comedian Merrick Watts, dad of two. Welcome. How Hi are there. You? How are you both? Very happy it's Friday. We're very happy it's Friday. How about you, Merrick? Absolutely. I mean, I'm looking forward to spending the entire weekend servicing my children. <laughs> Their needs, their tiny needs. <laughs> exactly. I, I used to think that, but now I'm back at work. Actually, Fridays are pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the kids are so excited for the weekend now. But yeah, it's no less crazy than the week. There's a lot of no. things that no, need no. to be done. No, I've got football tomorrow with my son so, and I'm a coach. So oh, I, yeah, Merrick. exactly. I have to be two types of crazy tomorrow. <laughs> I have to be the parent crazy and the coach crazy. What time is the lesson? The, uh, no, it's a game, game and it's, uh, I think, 10.50 a.m. So okay, it's not a bad time. pretty civilized. Yeah, do you do mm. Yeah, activities? we've got tomorrow morning, we've got soccer for my son, Billy, and karate for my daughter, Matilda. So we divide and conquer but we need a better coach Merrick I should probably come to you because <laughs> Billy's been doing soccer for a while now but he actually has no idea what he's doing out there he just <laughs> runs around like herding cats he <laughs> just follow, chases the ball perhaps it's not the coach and maybe it's Billy have you thought about that there is never. a possibility classic never. case of the parents always going it's the coach's fault is it <laughs> well today we're going to be talking about uh, should boys be able to play with toy guns parenting skills of old what ones would you use today the ones that, or are there ones you'd like to bring back? Relationships um, after kids, they do change, but what is it that makes yours work and keeps you together? And when has your child acted like a child in an inappropriate time and place? First up, though, we're looking at boys and guns. You are a toy. Guns aren't toys. Reach for the sky. Poor old Prince George. I never thought I'd say that. The little mite is turning five soon and it's unlikely his parents will now buy him a Nerf gun because, and this is something that lots of little boys adore. On the weekend, George was chilling with his family when he pulled out a toy gun. His mother, Kate Middleton, seemed blissfully unaware that her son had just triggered a social media pylon. The comments basically outlined that it was bad parenting and tone deaf to allow their child to play with a toy gun. So was this an example of royal bad parenting or is a toy gun a harmless bit of fun? Holly? I'm I'm surprised that he pulled out a, pull, a toy gun in public, not because I think there's anything wrong with that necessarily, but these days, like, that's not you do that at home you're like don't, <laughs> don't tell the neighbors that we let you play with guns we've got to remember that the royals play with real guns all the time mm-hmm. like as soon as george is 12 he'll probably be out shooting stags so let's just remember <laughs> that he comes from a family of gun lovers uh, there are two i have two opinions on this i have the pre-parent and the post-parent opinion before i had a son i was very much my son will never play with guns i think guns are awful we don't make war into a game we don't make pain into a game we don't make death into a game and now i have a little boy who predictably turns everything that he picks up into some kind of gun mm-hmm. what are you gonna do exactly look the thing is with boys my i've got a son he's nine and uh, his mother originally said, I'd rather he didn't play with guns. We don't want guns, Nerf guns, and guns. He would literally have at least 
10 guns in the house now, little Nerf guns mainly. And he loves them. I don't have a problem with it because when I was a boy, if we didn't have plastic guns, we went out into the backyard and we got a branch and we shaped it into a gun. We got a broom handle and a nail and we would make our own guns. That was just the way it is. And boys are going to do it. So, you know, this is a classic case of parents overreacting. And you know what? If you don't want your kids to play with guns, don't buy them. Just exactly. don't buy them. But otherwise, just don't worry about it. No, there's no correlation, I believe, to owning toy guns and then going out and committing, you know, some sort of homicidal massacre. And also these days, I mean, it's kind of hypocritical for you to be obsessed with not letting your kid have a toy gun, but then as soon as they're 11, they're going to be playing shoot 'em up video games exactly. all day. I mean... Yep. So my one of the, I do agree with you, but just to play devil's advocate, the idea, we've had this sort of conversation around princess dresses and girls wearing princess dresses and then developing some kind of idea that they're going to need to be saved and we're selling them this... Um, I guess stereotype or traditional ideal about men and women. Is there an argument there? Because someone on our, um, on our website was saying, her name's Sally. She said, um, I can see that, you know, we should be co- concentrating on other things. However, there are so many toys out there. If anything, there's an overwhelming amount of educational toys out there. Why do kids need to play with guns, toys associated with violence? I think, and maybe it's because now my, I mean, I've only been a parent for eight years, but I'm, my level of chill is much, much greater <laughs> yeah. than it once was. And so when my daughter, cause I'm a bit of a feisty feminist mom, I have to say. And when my daughter was about three, she would only wear princess dresses and it gave me a lot of angst. And I was like, that's it. I've failed. Oh my God. She's just going to have a princess. She's never going to want to get a job or whatever it was <laughs> that I'd convinced myself of. And now she's eight and she wouldn't wear a princess dress if it was the only thing in the cupboard. You know, she likes wearing pants and she runs around and she's very aware of all her choices in the world. It's just a dress, guys. It's just a toy gun, guys. Yeah, exactly. The the thing, too, is that, you know, there's no kind of blanket rule for for kids. You know, when I hear parents say, oh, you shouldn't have your kids dress up in, you know, gender-specific clothes. They should be, you know, neutral or whatever. You know what? With my kids, I was just like, whatever they want to do, wherever they naturally go, I'm not going to tell them to tell my son to play football. Having said that, I told him to play football, but <laughs> not because I like football, because I play football. I just went, if he's, you know, if he chooses to do that, if he doesn't like it, then fine. With my daughter, she is very, she's a very girly girl. And we certainly never tried to, you know, um, push her into princess dresses or, um, you know, following stereotypes of young girls. She just did that because she likes it. And people go, well, you shouldn't push them into having princess dresses. We're not. We're not. Parents, I don't think parents are saying, oh, I want my girl to wear a frozen dress. We don't because they cost a fortune (laughs) and we'd rather not buy them. We don't want all the accessories. But the fact is my daughter likes dress up. She likes kind of playing those roles. Whether she's a boy or a girl, it would make no difference to me. I don't care if she wants to do that or he wants to do that, fine. But let's not try and, you know, make them homogenized by saying, oh, actually, they're just one, one specific type of child. They're not. They, they choose their own paths. You're listening to the Parent Panel on Kindling Conversation, where we invite two parents into the studio to get their thoughts on the stories and events of the week. Today, I'm joined by Mama Mia's Holly Wainwright, author and host of the parenting podcast, This Glorious Mess, and TV comedian Merrick Watts. Coming up, what are the parenting skills of old that you would like to use today? I think of the poem my dear mum used to recite to me as a lad. Did your mother teach you? 
We can't go back to the past. And that's why you don't teach your father a lesson. Parenting has changed a lot since the old days. You know, when we were kids, that's the old days now. And it's changed in lots of great ways. For example, most of us don't use corporal punishment anymore. Uh, dads are much more involved with their children and their lives. And we encourage our children to be seen and heard, both of them. Um, but there are some parenting skills that my folks had that I wish I had that I don't. For example, my mum used to cook amazing slices and cakes for afternoon snacks. There was always home-cooked food somewhere. And when we were small, she used to sew our clothes and they were pretty funky. Mm. These are both skills I do not possess. Mm. And I'm wondering what parenting skills of old do you use that would impress me or would you wish that you had? Holly? Gosh, so I didn't have a very traditional mum, even even back in the old days. I used to guilt her all the time that, why don't you bake cakes like so and so's mum? I mean, what kind of mother are you? That was <laughs> that was basically my premise, and I am now that mother too. But I guess one of the skills I wish I had, and it's funny, is just that the ability of the parents in the seventies and eighties to just completely tune you out. I wish I yeah. had that. I wish yeah. I had that. Like when 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 we were little, and I think often now about how involved we are in our kids' lives, and there's lots of wonderful things about that. But certainly I worry about all these little elements about my daughter's friends and are they a good influence and I don't know and should I be involved in the play dates and my parents had an amazing ability to just be like, off you go, see you later, be home by five when yeah. it gets dark. And to be honest, I kind of wish I had that skill. Oh no, me too. <laughs> That's a very good point. What I'm about think, you, Mary? Well, I'm thinking about my father and probably, uh, you know, in the 70s at least, in the early 80s, his probably major skill as a father was the ability to drink drive after a barbecue. <laughs> <coughs> Obviously, I don't, uh, I don't engage I in that. I feel terrible from laughing. You laugh but it's true, it's though. Yeah, it's true. It's like, true. That was a time, you know, where my dad would, he would, you know, would go to a barbecue as a family and dad would go, righto, I've had a few drinks. There'll be no, no thought of consequence in the car, drive home. Um, you know, we weren't on freeways or anything like that. It was always just around the corner. But still, you know, the, the, the concept of, of doing that now as a parent, it's so foreign. It's just mm. ridiculous. You can just never do it. Thanks, Uber. Um, <laughs> but I think one thing recently that I noticed that I thought that has kind of been handed down that I'm grateful for a, a kind of a learning was my mum had two boys, my brother and I. And, uh, you know, I suppose we we're kind of, you know, typical sort of boys. We had, um, we lived on a big block of land and we were always outdoors. But my mum made the point of teaching us how to sew and how to, to mend and also to how to sew buttons. And she said, because one day you will need these skills. And then she tried to get us on the sewing machine because mum loved to sew. She was not very good at it, but God, she loved the Elna. And she tried to get us to that. We went, no, nah, bridge too far, mum. <laughs> Sorry to ruin your dream, but we're not going to sit around on the Elna together. Then about uh, a week ago, my daughter was getting ready for school and the button fell off her pants. And she was like, oh, I can't wear my pants now because I don't have a button. I said, watch this. <laughs> Bang. Sewed the button. And my daughter was looking like, wow, dad, you've oh. act actually got a practical skill <laughs> other than just driving the car. Sober. That so, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It was good. To, it was good for my daughter to see something. I suppose that is kind of you know non-gender uh, defining to be able to do that and to do it skillfully and quickly. And she was like, "Oh, okay, that's how it's done." So that's something I know. Strangely, it's passed down from my mother to me to my daughter. Oh, oh brilliant! So you then are you teaching your daughter how to sew buttons? Is that the idea? Uh yeah. Well, I'm. I'm <laughs> 
anything practical. I'm sh- I'm showing my son how to shoot a gun. So <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. He's time not, out. He's not. <laughs> Somebody. Time out. Start writing it out. You're listening to the parent panel on Kindling Conversation. In just a moment, what makes your relationship work? trying to say is we should be partners you and me like the dynamic duo teamwork right i read about that somewhere you complete me this week kerry sackville wrote on an article in the fairfax press about what is universal in relationships at work and this is just a part of what she wrote i thought marriage would teach me about love but i was wrong marriage simply taught me about my relationship with my husband it wasn't until i was separated and dating again that the real lessons began there's nothing like 40 first dates and a series of short ta- short term liaisons to teach you what makes couples work or not now even though kerry's insights have come from her experience on the dating scene and she's written a book about it um Her article made me think about the universal truths that actually keep us together as a couple. Um, So I'm wondering, you're both in monogamous relationships with children and we know... No, I'm in one with my wife. (laughs) Can I just get that absolutely clear? That was really not... Yeah, yeah, that came out all wrong there, Siobhan. Thank you, thank you. Definitely definitely with with an adult woman. There there are a few stories coming out of this parent panel, but quite unexpected, guns. Anyway, uh, let's say with your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and after after we have children, that can have an impact on the relationship. So I'm just wondering um, from each of you, what is it that makes you work as a couple now, Holly? I think, and there's no, it won't be a surprise to anyone listening to this, that it's not the easiest. The first few years with small children is not the easiest on a relationship. And I think that you kind of have to find out all over again what it is that makes you guys work. What really makes us work these days in the midst of all this hands-on parenting, to be really honest, is Netflix. (laughs) Wow. And and you forgot to say the chill part. (laughs) But as in, there is something, I think that one of the fundamental things in reading Kerry's piece, she said you you have to have some things in common. Now, I think differences are great, but at the end of the day, if you enjoy doing the same things and basically what Brent and I really enjoy doing that we that bonds us is at the end of the week. So tonight, I'm counting down the hours, in fact. The kids will go to bed and we will have pizza and a bottle of wine and watch mm. Netflix mm. for three hours. And that mm. is our most us time because every other moment of the week is sucked up with work and children and work and children. And imagine if he didn't like doing that. Imagine if we didn't both like pizza. So hang on, Imagine Holly, where we'd be. Holly, is it Netflix or is it, in fact, just the drinking? Because <laughs> if you did... <laughs> Because I, I hear what you're saying, but I actually think it's the wine. It could be the wine. The pizza's pretty good as yeah. well. But we watch lots and lots of stand-up comedy on Netflix. That's something that bonds us. Can I just say and that whole that. part then, and, and Merrick was very cheeky when he said, are you sure it's not Netflix and chill? And I would just like to point out that I did not know what, Netflix and Chills stood for precisely because of what you were talking about, Holly, because Netflix, as a parent, is literally sitting on the lounge and watching Netflix. Like, who the hell would use that as an euphemism for anything else? I am trying to watch Netflix. Get away from me. It's Netflix and relax is what it is. Netflix and Chills for the younger people. (laughs) But isn't it like we should be doing, I'm sure we should be doing, I don't know, we should be going rock climbing together. We should be organising some kind of like very special date nights where we go to like go to hotels for the weekend or whatever. But in reality, it's a few hours on a Friday with a bottle of wine and the remote control. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. I love it. That's very real. I love it. Merrick, what about you? Well, guys? I reckon, Holly, you made a good point there. I, I think your impo- the, the, the differences and your non-shared interests are very important. I think you need to have things that your partner is not interested in so that you do have ownership over your own time. My wife has no no time for football. I have heaps of time for And I like motorbikes and there's you know a whole... Oh, there's several things that I really, really enjoy. My wife has no interest in, and that's fine. And, you know, she has things that I'm not interested in, like, you know, her friends. And <laughs> jokes, jokes, They're jokes, jokes. Um, but uh, the, I, I think the, the secret, or not, the, well, the, I think what George and I kind of see is uh, the continuing thread for us is find things to grow together. So, you know, you find common interests that you can grow together. So not necessarily like common goals, but you grow together with things. So you find things, identify the things that you both like, and then you grow into those areas and and share those experiences. So you can still have, you know, those kind of peripheral elements that you really like to enjoy on your own, but you've always got that dynamic of we're going to share this, we're going to enjoy this together, and we find those things. And sometimes it is just, for George and I, it's just, it is cooking at home. I was going to say, it's not rock climbing, is it? No, no. I, I really admire those couples that go and do that. You just go, you know what we're really into? Abseiling. And I just go, good. I like drinking. So, and they are not to be combined. So, you know what I like? Lasagna. Can, can you do that off a cliff ledge? No. Um, I think one of the other things that I've noticed as well as um, my friends, we've got to an age where people are separating and not staying together. Sometimes I think what keeps you together is just that choice. You can, there are times, especially after children, where I think definitely as couples, even when you love each other, you can go, oh man, it's so much easier to parent on my own. Like I wouldn't have to negotiate. I could buy the quilt cover I want. That's another. Okay. Insight into your relationship. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Is your husband, is your husband a quilt denier? (laughs) No, we're currently having this, this discussion about what kind of quilt will be bought for my son's bed. And I showed him a very tasteful, beautiful one from bed and bath or whatever with like little foxes on it. And he went, no, no. He wants Batman. And I'm like, does he have to have Batman? He wants Marvel. I'm like, but this is so tasteful. And it's not about you, Siobhan. It's, wow. I'm afraid he's right. I know he's I'm right. I'm going to take his side. <laughs> no. I spent so long trying to make my children's clothes and rooms really tasteful. And then it all falls in no. a heap anyway. Yeah. No. And then well, along comes true. Star Wars. Exactly. <laughs> well, the, see, the problem is my sister's kids, she's a graphic designer. Everything about them is tasteful and stylish. So I've just got this comparison thing coming up. Anyway, that's not what Go we're talking about. Yep. Go the other way. Go the other way. Yes. <laughs> that's where we're at. But for me, that, that idea of um, there have been times that have been hard in our relationship where we knew that we were just going to be together. And that was the choice. Mm. And making that choice made us Mm. work through the hard times and become closer for it. And I'm not judging people who split, but that to me, that was just it. It wasn't necessarily any romantic ideals or anything about us being soulmates. It was like, no, I like you. We have a family together. We've worked so hard so far. Let's just keep on going. Yep. And then we push through. Mm. And it's, it's knowing that things will pass. I mean, when you've been in a long-term relationship, you know that not every day is going to be fireworks and roses. In fact, very, very <laughs> few. And if there are, they're probably wrestling the fireworks out of the child's hand in the backyard. But like that, you know that that's not reality. But the, the terrible times won't last forever either. So if you go into that dip of like, you know, just the way you breathe is really annoying me right <laughs> now. You know that probably in a week you'll be over that. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Or you won't. (laughs) 
Well, yes. Or you'll get divorced. (laughs) There are the choices. You're listening to The Parent Panel. We'll be back after this short break with the question, when has your child acted like a child at the wrong time and place? Are you going to come quietly or do I carry you out baby tantrum style? So everyone be on your best behavior. Why are you throwing a tantrum, Tantrum O'Neill? You behaved abominably today. This week, Princess Lenore of Sweden demonstrated just how boring christenings can be by rolling all over the ground during her younger sister's baptism. She was also showing that kids will be kids no matter how formal the situation or how many people are watching. When has your child behaved this way? And I'm curious to know whether you were mortified or was it easy to just say kids will be kids, which is what we would like to say because we know that's how children behave but sometimes it's hard when other people are watching. Holly? <laughs> so I have so many of these, mostly because I have a small son. And if anyone has one, they probably know. But one that sticks in my mind is Billy went through a phase when he very much liked to shock, to use the words that he knew he wasn't allowed to use. So mm. he would shout them out loudly in inappropriate <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> and one time I bought Billy, this is a, a classic working mom story, but I had, Billy was not very well, but he wasn't really sick and I had to go to work. So I brought him with me. And I was like, you just sit in the corner with the iPad while mommy does this meeting. And then before I knew it, he's literally running around and around our large open plan office just shouting, penis! <laughs> over and over again. Oh my God, I nearly died. Penis, penis, penis. And I was a little bit of me was proud because he was using the correct word for yeah. the part of his anatomy. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. my parent, I've done a good job in my parenting. He always used to like shouting penis in shops as well. So mortifying. But people might have thought he had Tourette's. <laughs> Oh, my God. I don't know what they thought, but I know that they came and knocked on the meeting door pretty quickly and said, Holly, I think you better get out here because your son's losing it. Oh, my God. But that's oh, that's please. expected, though, isn't it? I think, you know, all kids kind of go through that phase where they want to use, you know, adult words. How, to, to how old was he at that point? I'm he just was probably... He's 24. <laughs> he's 24 years of age. I think he was four. He was at work. No, he, he said he was, about, four. he was about four. And he was like, he went through, he doesn't do that now. He has other ways to humiliate me in public now. But he, but he went through this phase where it was always these shocking words and he'd do it in a public place and it was always to say, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And the thing is, is you, you get different advice about that. Some people say you've just got to ignore it, which is really hard when you're in a small supermarket and your small son is shouting a full letter word or something. And people are being looking at you like you are the worst parent in the world and you're like no I'm just not reacting because apparently that encourages him some expert told me once or you grab them and you yell at them and then they're like yes push the buttons it's working it's hard this parenting business is difficult it is very difficult they just want to know the boundaries that's what they're doing it for well I'm kind I kind of think maybe Merrick there should be some karma going on in your life because I I don't think you would have been the calmest child this is the craziest thing as a child I mean I was just completely off the chart like just I would the never worst. have thought that I know, I know. and everyone and everyone has always said to me you wait till you have your kids and that's the karma that's going to come back around and slap you in the face no my children are angels the pair of them they <laughs> wow. really are it's incredible they're like their mum clearly they're like their mother my son is such a polite well behaved um, and considerate young man oh, he's no. an absolute delight like oh. as a father and his mother we're both just wrapped he's 
Okay, really... this, is, this is starting to be really boring and I'm a little bit jealous. So tell us what you did to your mother then. Well, exactly. I did everything. My mum would leave the house and I'd just go, where's a box of matches? You know? And my, my parents once left the house and they came back and I'd set fire to the driveway. And my parents went, well, hang on a second, we just, we were gone like two minutes and the house is actually on fire. How did you do that? Oh my but my kids, my, they're just, they're well behaved. And I think my son is, as I said, he's, he's very, very well behaved. And he's just, he's a very considerate child. My daughter is a little bit more show business and mm-hmm. she's quite aware. And, she, but she's, she um, has emotional tantrums as opposed to behavioral tantrums. So she will just, she will be able to recognize a time when really putting on the emotional drama is going to get the attention. So she will have an emotional meltdown and get all of the attention as opposed to being a behavioral t- meltdown. So, which I, for as a dad, I just, so uncoordinated. I go, oh, what do I do here? Do I hug? Do I tell her to, you know, behave? What do I do here? And I just go, just, mom! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How do you do this one? Now oh. I'm really mortified that I told the penis story. I know, yeah, I was- my children are good. <laughs> Well, Holly, I'm trying to think of what I'm sure they've got. I've got good kids. I don't swear like that. But you know the funny thing? I I talk about this all the time. In my house, we use profanity, and I'm a comedian, and that is literally part of my work wear. That's one of the tools in my trade. (laughs) That's how sad my profession is. But my kids never swear. They oh, never really? swear. No, we have an understanding. We say to the kids, you're not to swear. They know the words. They hear their parents use them from time to time. Not all the time. It's not gratuitous. But we um, have this understanding that their daddy's work words and that oh, they're adult words. And, we can't do and, that. And, though, and they're not to be used by children because they're adult work words. And they, uh-huh. they just don't swear. And they don't swear when they're at school or anywhere else either. The wow. horrifying moment is always the first time you hear your child swear in context. Like they, do, <laughs> like they drop something and it hurts their toe and they go, oh, you know, and you're like, oh my god, they learned that from like they're actually using yeah. it on like in the correct way. Well, my children have the same thing. They're horrified when they hear their father do it. They just yeah. go, what a child. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's a problem in my house. I, I found one for you, Holly. So, um, my husband is a huge atheist. Probably, he's a, he's like an evangelical atheist oh. because he will go to town on anyone who's even remotely religious, and so he doesn't think that. Um, saying Jesus Christ is a swear word, right? And I can see it is a term. There was a person called Jesus Christ, depending on what you believe. And so maybe it's not not quite a strong swear word. But when your (laughs) four-year-old can't get something out of the toy box or he's going to school and he literally goes, Jesus Christ, he's four. (laughs) And so I try to reprimand him and Daniel's there going, it's not a swear word. It's not a swear word. He's not real. And I'm like, oh. No. Well, technically, it's taking the Lord's name in vain, right? As opposed to you know, actual... it's not even blasphemy. It's it's just it's actually not a swear at all. So he's You're... right. What is it, right. you two siding with my husband? <laughs> Both of you, the quilts, the swear words. <laughs> exactly. Just listen to him more, Siobhan. What's wrong with you? Well, I'm shutting this down. <laughs> shutting Jesus, it down. Siobhan, lighten up. <laughs> if only he was listening. What well, Jesus or your husband? <laughs> both. Holly, Merrick, I am shutting it down now. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you. That was Mamma Mia's Holly Wainwright, author and host of the parenting podcast, This Glorious Mess, and TV comedian, Merrick You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review and share it with your friends. The Parent Panel, new episodes every Friday.